Which comes first, generosity or wealth? Now, what do you think? Are you waiting to be generous until all the bills are paid, your retirement is funded, the college kids fund is taken care of? Are you waiting and then you'll be generous? Are you waiting to give back that we hear so often? Or can you be generous now? Can you be generous even if you're struggling? We're going to talk about that in today's podcast. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, you know, we talk about a lot of topics here that relate to living well. Yes, your work is important, and I love talking about work. Work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. You hear me mention that every week. But there are other areas of our life, work being just one area. Work is a tool for successful life, but it's not the only criteria by which we measure success by any means. So we're going to look at some other things today here as we go into Christmas. And how can you be giving in creative ways this Christmas? How can you be generous even if you're not yet rich. Who is someone that's been generous to you? And then here's one. Are you as good at receiving as you are at giving? That's an interesting twist sometimes people struggle with. Now here's a quotation. comes from Benjamin Disraeli, who said, The greatest good you can do for another is not just to share your riches, but to reveal to him his own. I got a little story here just to start us out. And we're going to, this is going to be a short episode. We're all kind of relaxing, winding down a little bit, anticipating Christmas, time of spending time with friends and family, sharing generously. So I want to just prompt your thinking with a couple of thoughts here, and we're going to just make this short one today. But which comes first, generosity or wealth? So here's a story. A monk who was traveling in the mountains found a precious stone in a stream, The next day, he met another traveler who was hungry, and the monk opened his bag to share his food. The hungry traveler saw the precious stone in the monk's bag, admired it, and asked the monk to give it to him. The monk did so without hesitation. The traveler left rejoicing in his good fortune. He knew that the jewel was worth enough to give him security for the rest of his life. But a few days later, he came back searching for the monk. When he found him, he returned the stone and said, I've been thinking, I know how valuable this stone is, and I know you do too, but I give it back to you in the hope that you can give me something much more precious. If you can, give me what you have within you that enabled you to give me this stone. Now, a couple years ago, Joanne and I attended, it was a 30-year celebration and fundraising event for Mercy Ministries in Nashville. The program took place as the very first event in the stunning ballroom of the brand new, at that point, Music City Center in Nashville. The surroundings were gorgeous. The flowers were spectacular. The music second to none. I mean, the music guest was C.C. Winans. The host for the evening was Dave Ramsey, and he was entertaining and thought-provoking, Really, the highlight for me was meeting lots and lots of people with big hearts and open pocketbooks. The attendees there represented many different countries, ethnicities, faith perspectives, businesses, 
But the one thing that connected them was their generosity. These were people who understood that water that stops flowing becomes stagnant, blood that stops moving begins to clot, and a person who only inhales will turn blue and pass out. I mean, they understood the power of having money flow through them to other worthy causes. I talked with the guy who just purchased 9,000 acres in eastern Tennessee who wondered if I had any ideas about its potential use in a way that could benefit others. I mean, that's the kind of people that were there. Now, the word affluence comes from the root word, Latin word, affluere, which means to flow to. So it appears that generous people have money flowing toward them. We all know the principle. It's not new. Out of the Bible, it says, for if you give, you will get. Your gift will return to you in full and overflowing measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use to give, large or small, will be used to measure what is given back to you. That's in the Living Bible Translation. So I'm convinced you must think and act like a wealthy person before you'll ever have the chance to be one. Now, this may seem like a catch-22. How do you act like a wealthy person before you are one? Is it just phony? Well, how does that play out when you're struggling to pay your own mortgage? If you're a poor monk, you're not likely to be seen as a source of a big donation. But generosity is related more to spiritual characteristics than to material resources. I mean, the true meaning of generosity implies courage, strength, gentleness, and fairness. Having a giving heart involves much more than writing big checks. The law of giving is actually pretty simple. If you want more joy, give joy to others. If you want love, learn to give love. If you want happiness, help other people be happy. And yes, if you want material affluence or wealth, learn to help others become materially affluent. Now, I said there, learn learn to help others become materially affluent. I didn't say just give them big checks necessarily. I mean, this week, Joanne has spent a lot of time writing thank you notes and Christmas notes to the many people who helped us prepare for our move to Florida. I mean, she has just that natural generosity and it attracts others who want to give. And her gratitude is expressed in a multitude of ways that may or may not include writing a check. You know, giving doesn't have to be material things. It could be a flower, a compliment, a word of encouragement, sitting with someone in grief or sadness, um, mowing someone's yard or writing a note to share your thankfulness for their friendship. See, our potential for wealth is not shown in our bank account as much as it is in the attitude of our heart. Give generously and wealth of all kinds will start to move toward you. I was interviewed this week about this very topic, and I was asked a couple questions here that kind of prompted my thinking, but I was asking, what ways of giving have you experienced that opened the doors to more and more of what you were moving toward? I mean, and often, yes, I do work with people who are in desperate situations and need to make a major change. You know, how can giving and generosity help change their attitude and perspective? What are ways they can start giving? Well, giving is a way of life. It's not dependent on our financial status. Having more money just makes us more of what we already are. I mean, broke people, a lot of times, I know some people are offended by this, but 
Broke people a lot of times are are the most stingy and greedy people. I mean, think about it. It's in the poorest parts of town that you can't leave a bicycle outside overnight or park your car somewhere, you know, where it's dark. I mean, my goodness, you know, where Joanne and I live, I mean, we don't worry a whole lot about locking doors or taking keys out of cars or having fences to secure things. No, the yards are open and flow one into the other. And people share generously. You know, whether it's with time or money, I've experienced that people who are doing very well are very generous. And I have to believe that it's part of what got them there. So you don't wait. It's part of the process from day one. I mean, no one achieves success alone. We have to connect the ideas, the talents, and resources of others to be truly successful. So successful people are used to the idea of sharing generously whether that's time, talent, or money. Now, I talk a lot about goal setting this time of year. You're writing down your goals, achieving success in seven different areas, those being financial, social, family, physical, personal development, spiritual career. I mean, those can all have the spirit of generosity or the spirit of stinginess and greed. But it really relates to our ideas around scarcity or abundance. If we believe wealth is limited, then I have to believe if someone down the street has a lot of money, that's a factor in me having less. You know, we see it as a zero-sum game. We start off with a fixed amount, and when it's divided up, then it's all gone. It's like a pie. If you take a piece, then there's left for me, less left for me. But that's not how money works. I mean, we create money out of nothing. I ought to do an episode about that. Got a lot of education about that from my friend Daniel, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. But money is created out of nothing. And if you have a whole lot, I can learn from you and grow my wealth, not by taking yours away, but by learning the principles that helped you along the way. Now, I've got a lot of people that have helped me along the way, that have helped Joanne and me. I mean, when Joanne and I were first married, I mean, we were young. I was 20, she was 19. I mean, we had a couple in our little church who were very wealthy. They opened their home, their love, their mentoring to us. They never wrote us a check, but they taught us how to think toward and expect abundance in everything we did. I, we, I was so inspired. You know, here was a guy who drove a brand new yellow Corvette, and he'd, he'd let us use it. He'd let Joanne and me take it on a date. They do things like that. You know, so they never put money in our hand, but they had very open hands about sharing their wealth and abundance with us. Now that brings up kind of an interesting point. And that is the idea of receiving. How are you at receiving? I mean, being on the receiving end is a pretty humbling experience. Now, if you've been listening to me for any period of time, you know that there was a time when Joanne and I went through a really rough time financially. I'd made some business decisions, got us in big, big trouble. We had hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt owed to vendors and the IRS. Really, really tough time. But here's the thing. Because we had been generous prior to that, we had an outpouring of generosity come back to us. We, we were never really concerned about having food to eat. We had people share generously we really never had to be that concerned about sleeping under the stars at night, not having a bed to sleep in. If we really would have been on the street, we would have had tons of friends who welcome us into their home. 
And that's because we had been generous when we had uh, whatever resources we had prior to that. But being a grateful receiver is a personal quality to be learned. I mean, a lot of people have to even the score to compensate for having received a gift. I mean, you can think about it even in simple terms if I say, wow, you know, John, that's a really sharp shirt you got on. Oh, this old thing? Yeah, I got it down at Salvation Army, paid two bucks for it. See, people will deflect a compliment. That's a way of not being a good receiver instead of holding your head high and say, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I mean, we hear a lot about people paying it forward in a line at Starbucks. You go through and somebody says, well, the people ahead of you paid for you. You know, 10 people have done that. And the expectation is, well, you're just, you know, you're going to do it. Everybody is paying for the person behind them. And we just throw out a theoretical situation. What if I express gratitude for that, but I don't pay for the person behind me? Am I greedy and ungrateful? What if I just know how to receive without feeling like I have to even the score? If somebody has a low sense of self-confidence, they're going to immediately say, how can I pass this on? So I don't have to take the responsibility for having received something this great. Just think about your own ability to receive, especially here at this time of year. You know, this is a time of year when a lot of people are trying to even the score. My goodness, they're thinking, okay, who sent us a card last year? We got to send them one. You know, who gave us a gift this year? Oh, we better give them a gift. Well, you don't have to even the score. This is not a matter of keeping score. It's a matter of doing what your heart tells you to do. And there may be times when you receive something and you can be grateful for that without having to quickly try to even the score. Well, there's so many ways to give. I mean, there's so many ways to, to create wealth and so many ways to be generous. I mean, years ago when Joanna and I were uh, that young married couple, we were attending a little church in Anaheim, California. Well, our financial giving was pretty small. I was just kind of starting out after having just gone out of graduate school. So it was pretty small. So we offered to do the cleaning and the yard mowing at that little church. Well, we did that for a couple of years. Every week, we'd clean the whole church. I'd mow the grass. That saved the church a substantial amount of money, and it was an effective way for us to give. You know, those of you who are entrepreneurs, especially, you know, think about creative ways that you can give, that you can be involved with others. I'll, I'll tell you about a couple of things here. One of the things that we have uh, never done is to loan any of our kids money. Now, if they need it, we have it, we can give it, but never as a loan. The gift is a gift. And we don't want to complicate family relationships by having money owed between us. You know, that's one of those things. And we have been you know, privileged to share generously with our kids again and again and again and experience the joy of doing that. Along with that, and this may kind of rub some of you the wrong way, I don't know, but Joanna and I gave up the notion of a tithe a long time ago. I mean, that implies that Whatever I give can then be legitimately deducted by the in the IRS eyes as a deductible item. So I give only to organizations that are registered with the IRS as nonprofits, and then I can deduct it, and it saves me on taxes. Well, how does that play out in real life situations? What if we know a gal who just got out of prison and he, she needs help with her rent? If we provide that, it's not deductible. But you know what? Joanna and I do it anyway. 
I like cars. I like hunting for deals with cars. So if I can go to a repo auction and find a great car or on Craigslist or eBay and I buy it and I check it out to make sure it's okay mechanically and then I give that to someone who really needs it, which I've done a lot of times, it's not deductible. Oh my goodness. You know what? Joanna and I don't care. We don't care. We like to give in ways that are meaningful, not just ways that make mathematical sense. Now, there was a period of time where my goal was to give away one car a month. Now, it just happened to be something that I can do and something that I enjoy doing. I'm not doing that anymore. Uh, it does take a significant amount of time to do that, but I enjoy doing that. Now, again, you know, we weren't talking about $10,000 cars. You can buy a respectable car that's uh, dependable for a whole lot less than that, but it was just something that I enjoyed doing. Uh, Dave Ramsey's organization uh, knew that we were doing that, and they had a lot of people who really needed a hand up, and so we connected with some of them as well, as well as these gals coming out of prison that Joanna's always working with, but there's plenty of people in need. We tried to do it in ways that would um, help them actually with a hand up, not just a hand out, but a hand up. But just one of the things that we discovered doing, but yeah, we, we aren't too concerned about the notion of having our giving be deductible. Another thing we do is um, probably 15 years ago, I put a few hundred dollars into kiva.org, K-I-V-A.org. Now with that, what we do then is we select, they list all these striving entrepreneurs from around the world. You know, here's a guy who wants to start an auto repair business and he needs $60 for tools. Well, we'll put in the $60 and then that person, then I get a note, you know, Jose from Costa Rica just repaid a dollar and 38 cents on the loan. And that money comes back in. I mean, it's a really uh, just thrilling experience to make these little micro loans to people and then see them pay it back and see their success start to grow. So it's not just giving, you know, they know that they have a responsibility to pay it back. And Kiva, the model is there that other people, friends of theirs, peers of theirs are also making them accountable. So it keeps the system going. Now, you know, so if someone wants a little moped to be able to have a delivery service, you know, we can fund that. And we've done that. And it's a fun thing to do because the money just maintains itself. I mean, it just comes back and we get to do it again and again. We're going to be giving several of our children money here at Christmas time to invest in Kiva. Not just money to spend on themselves to go get the latest gadget. No, money that they can then take responsibility for, that they can steward, that they can invest in these micro enterprises and see what happens. See the effect of helping somebody get on their feet. See being able to help somebody get a fresh start and be able to start off on their own. I mean, what a thrilling experience to be able to do that, to be able to see these people get a little start. My goodness. Well, we want you to have a merry little Christmas. I want to just, well, let me a couple things. I want to remind you, of course, typically on here, I'm answering questions, real life questions. We'll continue to do that. Continue to send your questions in to me at askdan at 48days.com. Love seeing those in. Honored to be a part of your life in that way. But I want to ask you these questions as we kind of wrap it up here. 
How can you give creatively this Christmas? How can you be generous even if you're not rich? Who is someone who's been generous to you? And then are you as good at receiving as you are at giving? I encourage you to nurture that ability. Build that personal characteristic so you can receive graciously. Golly, I hope that we have a chance to to give to you in some way. You all continue to give to me in so many ways that enrich my life. I'm grateful for that. Thanks for being part of this community where we are giving to each other. We're serving each other well, and everybody wins. We share ideas and resources liberally, and everybody wins as a result. And in this community, we know, without a shadow of a doubt, we can find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Enjoy the season of giving. Christmas now